Happy Bitcoin Friday, freaks. It's your host, Odell, here for another Seal Dispatch, the interactive live show focused on Bitcoin and freedom tech, specifically actionable discussion. Thank you guys for joining us again. I have a great guest with us today for a great conversation on Bitcoin circular economies, merchant adoption. We have Adam here, founder of CoinOS. How's it going, Adam? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is mine. And we have Cole here, head of business development. How's it going, Cole? Uh, very good. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Um, so, Adam, uh, October 17th, 2020, me, you, and Marty recorded um, almost a little over three years ago. That was uh, 37 months, 37 months ago um, <laughs> about CoinOS. And at that point, um, yeah, at that point, it was a very different product. So, I mean, I don't think we have really chatted much since that happened. Um, like what, you know, what, what happened over the last three years? You know, where is CoinOS at today? How are the priorities different? How do you look at it? Yeah, I was just uh, thinking about that conversation myself, remembering about that. I think back then um, I had just finished my job working on a MeshNet project and I'd taken up CoinOS again after a long hiatus and I just added liquid support to it. Um, that version of CoinOS uh, now lives as classic CoinOS. So if you go to classic.coinos.io, it's still there and it still supports liquid and lightning. Um, at one point I was experimenting with uh, liquid atomic swaps and sort of building it into a, a DEX or a marketplace. I like, uh, I, like that, I like that you took us there because uh, in my head, I was going to just put you immediately on the spot. You were quite bullish on liquid three years ago. I was, yeah. And I still like liquid. Uh, I still think it's like um, a very awesome project. It's, it's good to have side chains as a scaling tech. I think it's underappreciated, underutilized. Um, yeah, but I haven't been working with it uh, the last little while. But I guess over the last three years since we last Wait, chatted. Before we continue, I mean, you brought up Liquid. So just real quick. Um, I mean, we've talked about Liquid a lot on this show. Uh, and part of my interest in Liquid probably started from that conversation we had three years ago because it was the first like consumer-facing app that like made it easy to interact with Liquid. Um, and you know, right now, if you go to mempool.space, we have you know, mempool.space's like clock dashboard up on the screen. But if you go to the actual mempool.space, they have a Liquid Explorer. And if you go to like the regular the regular Bitcoin Explorer, fees are fucking insane right now. Um, you know, you need to pay 90 sats per byte to get into the next block. But for whatever reason, like liquid is still not being used. Like it's, it's just sitting there like dormant. Very few transactions are going through it. I'm just curious, Adam, from like your opinion, like where did it go wrong? Like why does, you know, like did the liquid not solve any kind of real problem? Like why aren't users actually using it? I don't think it's necessarily gone wrong. It just hasn't been picked up. Maybe out of necessity, like people haven't been squeezed hard enough with fees yet to force the shift over to some of these other 
uh, side chains and things. Um, I know for like retail payments, Lightning has sort of, you know, taken that on and for micropayments, but I still see Liquid as serving this kind of middle ground where if you want to do uh, larger payments and you don't want the complexity of running a Lightning node and doing channel management, because it still follows the same sort of uh, model with like, you know, blockchain and UTXOs as Bitcoin, um, you can cold store your liquid, you can have, um, yeah, like a paper wallet for your liquid coins. And yeah, it's going to be cheaper to do transactions there. I guess it, it suffered a lot of uh, FUD and there's a lot of people that don't like liquid because it's semi-centralized, right? It's not as, as decentralized as Bitcoin. There's a federation or a bunch of functionaries running the network. And technically, they could all collude and rug people. So I think there's a lot of uh, fear or just uh, skepticism and doubt that that's something that could happen. I personally don't think they're going to do that. I think they were selected as you know, well-intentioned, good players in the Bitcoin space. And their interest is to you know, bring Bitcoin forward and uh, provide like a you know, scaling solution, not to, you know, take people's money one day. So I'm not worried about them rugging people. Um, but, yeah, that's, I guess, part of the concern. It would be better if there wasn't any trust at all and it was totally trustless and decentralized. But I think it serves, yeah. This, yeah like, that's not it. Spectrum. That's not it, right? Because, like, uh, like more people, it's hard to calculate this exactly. I mean, we, we know how many transactions are going on in liquid and it's minimal. It's, you know, like five transactions an hour or something like that. Um, more people, I think it's a safe assumption to say that more people are using custodial wallet of Satoshi uh, with a single point of failure. You know, maybe they're, they're a trusted entity in the space. People, you know, don't think that they're going to rug. Uh, but more people trust that than they do liquid or use that than they do liquid. It's just weird to me. It's interesting. It's, it's, I, there's, there's a lesson to be learned there. I don't know what the lesson is. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I fees think are crazy right now. I did like, we're, we do like ridiculous payouts for open sats. Like we're basically running, uh, you know, a 70 person Bitcoin payroll when you when you account for all the grant recipients that are receiving monthly grants from us all paid out in Bitcoin and fees are fucking crazy. Like it would be I, ideal in your head. It's like, oh, like liquid would be perfect for this use case. But it's it just, would be it better doesn't than for sure. Yeah. Lightning might be an option, too. Why aren't you guys doing like the amounts are too much? And then you have to do like uh, channel, you have to do like liquidity and stuff. It means all of our grant recipients have to have inbound liquidity. Yeah. So it's like a, there's a beauty of this. Yeah. It would be a lot There's cheaper. a beauty of either on chain or liquid where you're just like signing a transaction and it's offline. They don't need it. Yep. Yeah. We'll okay. See. I derailed us. <laughs> no, I don't have any agenda of what to talk about. Liquid's interesting to me. But that was one of the first things I noticed uh, that I was going to bring up when I signed into the new coin OS uh, was that there was no liquid anywhere. Yeah, I just I haven't put it back in yet. It, I kind of rewrote the code base over the last two years and, uh, you know, liquid adds a lot of complexity to it. So I'm planning to add it back in at some point. I just haven't haven't got it in there yet. 
Um, I wanted to we, focus on Lightning can, more. We, we still have the liquid option on the classic Coinos, like the original one yeah. you probably know about, Odell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I originally used, and that's what we talked about three years ago. Um, uh, since then, I, mean, also, I built raretoshi.com, which is a liquid NFT marketplace. Oh, that was you. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So that's still going too. And that does atomic swaps. When you go to buy an NFT there, uh, you're paying with liquid Bitcoin. And it's doing like a trustless uh, single transaction. When you get your NFT, it's doing a, an atomic swap. So it's kind of neat. It's like there's no uh, third party having to custody the funds or escrow the funds while you swap your tokens there. And uh, to fund it, it uses Coinos on the back end. So if you don't have liquid Bitcoin, but you want to fund your rare Toshi account, you can deposit Lightning or on-chain Bitcoin and Coinos will automatically convert it to liquid for you and stick it into your rare Toshi wallet. So yeah, has that there was been one any of the kind of, busy. Has there been any about. has there been substantial NFT adoption on liquid? I wouldn't call it substantial, not compared to like ETH Sol or, Sol or BRC twenty and other ones, but um yeah, it was an interesting project and uh I think you know as a you know a chain for doing tokens and stuff. Liquid's great because the fees are are paid in Bitcoin, so you're not going to some other uh, shitcoin to cover the the fees or the gas. So if we were gonna have a a platform to create tokens and NFTs and things, then might as well do it on one that's you know made by Bitcoiners and using a a code base that actually is kind of like an experimental you know live testnet or monetized testnet that uh, the tech that's being built for liquid can actually, you know, one day roll into Bitcoin and help improve it because they do experiments with covenants and like they first in, uh, tried SegWit on the liquid network before they rolled it into Bitcoin. Um, they've got experimental opcodes there. So it's kind of like, a, you know, a sandbox where we can experiment with things before putting them into the main chain. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so we got derailed and we started talking about Liquid. Uh, where so so CoinOS, you you've you've built this new version of CoinOS. It's focused specifically on merchant adoption. I think. Am I correct on that? Yeah, that's our main focus. I mean, I would say adoption in general. It's a wallet for people can use it as a personal wallet, just like wallet of Satoshi or something. But right. we've we've got a bit more focus on trying to onboard merchants specifically like in-person retail merchants versus online e-commerce. Yeah. So like one of the first things I noticed is that it's just simply a web page. Uh, it's a custodial wallet. I, I assume like the idea is the merchant has it open on their iPad or their phone or something, and then they're manually plugging in, like the amount, like I'm going to charge you $25. They put that in and then they show it to the. Traditionally. Yeah, it, it was like that in the last few months. I've actually been encouraging people or the merchants 
to not use it on a tablet or a device and have the customer initiate the payment. So you go into a, and you want to pay your bill, they're just going to tell you your total or give you your bill so you know in dollars what you owe. And then you're going to create an invoice. You're going to go to the merchant's page. So it'll be like coinos.io slash, uh, let's say Van Love is a sushi restaurant in Vancouver. So if you go there, you can click on the pay button for them. And then you can generate either a lightning invoice or get their on-chain Bitcoin address to send to you. And then uh, it'll have a number pad where it'll let you enter in fiat what you want to pay and it'll do the conversion. So it'll uh, generate an invoice in Bitcoin or in sats and then you pay it. So you can either, if you're logged into Coinos yourself, you can immediately just send that off or you can open it with an, another wallet. So there's a link to open it with like your wallet of Satoshi or whatever other wallet you want to use. And then the customer is doing all that. So the merchant never has to touch a screen. They can just be off, you know, getting your order ready or serving other customers while you're doing the payment all on your end. And when you do send the payment, the, the issue is you don't want to trust the customer's phone for them to show you like, hey, I sent it. Um, so to handle that, we've been giving merchants a thermal printer, like a receipt printer, and it listens for payments into their account. And whenever any money comes in, it just spits out a little paper ticket that says in dollars how much they got. So when they're ready to go, they're done like getting your order ready and stuff. They get this little paper receipt. It says in dollars what they received, and they can just put that in the cash register. And it doesn't matter what kind of point of sale software they're using, they just enter it as a cash payment in dollars. And for accounting purposes and stuff, we tell them just treat it like cash. So it's really easy for their staff. They don't need to learn how to work our app or any kind of Bitcoin app. They just have a QR code, like a paper QR code posted up at their till or their counter. And we as customers come in, we scan that, we go to their page, we pay them, and they're just, you know, getting a piece of paper that tells them what they got. So they don't have to learn Bitcoin or deal with a Bitcoin wallet at all. It's super simple. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the analog piece of just like a paper printer. Cause like, I could see how that could break down. It's very pragmatic, right? Cause I feel like that could break down if they were getting a ton of Bitcoin payments, but in reality, like if they're getting a couple of Bitcoin payments at a time, yeah. it just will print and tell them. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been ordering these from China. They're like 20 bucks us super cheap. <clears throat> and I've just been covering the cost of it, airdropping them into a bunch of merchants here and you know give them a qr code and then they're off to the races so it's it's like really easy to set up a new merchant so how many how many merchants do you guys have on board right now i think there's a map on the web page right yeah if you go to coinos.io slash map you can see it there um we got about 330 that's uh, impressive worldwide a lot of them are in brazil there's a project there called Bitcoin Aki. Um, and they just went crazy and like orange pilled their whole town and then a bunch of other places in Brazil. So 
That's the majority like, of them in Vancouver from us. Vancouver, maybe too, 25, right? 25 or 30 here. Yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty impressive, dude. That's a decent amount. Like, I, you guys, I feel like you guys have been doing it quietly, too. <laughs> are they actually active? Like, are they are they legit? Like, I've, a lot of times, like, the merchants gets onboarded and then they forget. It's um, legit, yeah. We we uh, try to bring people out to them regularly. Um, we've got a bunch of meetups going in Vancouver, so not just from us. There's there's other Bitcoiners here that host meetups and events all the time, and we've got a pretty active Telegram group, Vancouver Bitcoiners. So I had Leo. Leo visited us in Nashville at Bitcoin Park. Um, yep. Is that what he does? He use CoinOS when he's onboarding these people. I mean, he was like just bragging about how how big of a circular economy was being built out there. Uh, he tends to try to set them up with their own nodes if he can. <laughs> he's really remote, but uh, he he visits he a lot of the merchants that are running CoinOS, and yeah, Leo's like one of the main guys out there. Just going around and supporting the merchants going out and buying stuff with Bitcoin all the time and trying to develop that. So, yeah, I love the idea of like, he was like calling it like meetup bombs. It was like you onboard a merchant to Bitcoin and then you have like your entire meetup go and eat there or shop there or whatever. So that they feel loved. Yeah. Um, it's a cool idea. Yeah. And the, the community here is really supportive. They've been all, there's tons of people that go out and spend their, their Bitcoins just to support the merchants. And yeah, it, we couldn't do it without that. Cause that's, that's the main selling point too. And we're going into a place is it's not just, Hey, will you give this a try? It's hey, if you give this a try, we're going to, you're going to get some new business. Cause we've got this community that we're going to start bringing around. We're going to put you on the map and you're going to increase your sales if you take bitcoin so it makes it makes it a way easier sell when we have that and the more of us there are then the more of a an economic powerhouse we become then it's just going to snowball we're going to get more and more merchants uh onboarding and they're going to talk to each other talk to their friends talk to other business owners so the more volume we can send their way then the more they're going to you know, spread it and we'll get more adoption that way. Yeah, we um, we are trying our best to uh, get the name out there and and us doing what we're doing right now with you, uh, Matt, is uh, is we're trying to get like our name out there and stuff like that. And that's why we're, we're just so incredibly appreciative of, of your time and being on your show. And uh, we just had another pod. We're, we're trying to do a lot of podcasts. Yeah, all our social medias, posting a lot of videos, promo videos. And uh, yeah, so... Just trying to push that because we're international so people from all around the world are messaging us uh you know we're all across canada 35 businesses i think in canada uh six in miami um so yeah we try to try to get around that way yeah um yeah i mean to the to the freaks cold 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 messaged me on discord um seeing what was up and i was like oh shit, coin os i know adam what the fuck is going on with CoinOS? I had honestly, you guys had fallen off my radar, um, so I was I'm, I was looking forward to this chat. It's been great so far. Um, so to the freaks that are in, I see a bunch of you are in our YouTube chat and our Twitch chat. Uh, just FYI, 
the chat shown on screen now is our Nostra Natives chat. Uh, you can get to that at sealdispatch.com slash stream. Um, do you guys see this question from Salty Kate? Why would a merchant use CoinOS over a mobile wallet? Yeah, um, they're, they're pretty similar. Like CoinOS, we built it to be mobile friendly. So if you go there, you can even do the add to home screen thing. It's a progressive web app. So you can get an icon on your phone to launch it. And it kind of feels like an app. Uh, the reason we didn't launch it in the Play Store or the App Store and have like an actual native mobile version is because, well, I tried that in the past. We did have that in the past. And it's just more of a, a hassle for me as a developer to um, cut a new release and then put it out to the App Store. And then everyone's phone has to download it and update it. And then you're dealing with those gatekeepers like Google and Apple can decide um, whether your app is legit and they have all these follow-up questions and it's just hoops you have to jump through to have an app. So I kind of like having it on the web. Um, if I want to release an update, I can just push it out in seconds and people just refresh the page and it's live. So it's way easier for me to release new features. And yeah, users don't have to like even download anything. It works on any device anywhere in the world. Um, you're not going to be uh, censored in places that, you know, I think in Australia, people were saying they couldn't find some Bitcoin wallets because uh, the Play Store there was like filtering them out and things like that. So websites are universal and yeah, it's just my preferred uh, environment to develop for. I, I started as a web developer. That's what I know. So gonna well, I guess that for now. I mean, that all makes sense. I mean, you see Ivan, like he added, he added to the question. He basically was like, if, if we're going to compare it to Breeze, and I think like Breeze is probably a good comparison. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the project, but essentially uh, it's a mobile app. Uh, it's self-custody instead of custodial, um, like CoinOS. Uh, and uh yeah, and it has a merchant tab, like it has a merchant mode on its app where you can do the dial pad thing. Um, I think I know what my answer would be to this question, but I'm kind of curious on your answer. Well, yeah, so like, um, yeah, Ivan, that's a good question, Ivan, and then also a salty Kate. Yeah, we, the part of the package that we offer uh, merchants for using us as opposed to like Breeze or Moon is that we give you free marketing. We blast your business on all of our social media pages. Matt, that's probably one of your answers. Yeah. And also, uh, we're the lowest fees. We have the lowest fees in the world. I don't know another Bitcoin wallet that has fees like ours. So people get, people might get concerned about, uh, like the custodial aspect. Well, you know, me and Adam both teach people about non-custodial. We're both non-custodial advocates. Like we believe in self-custody. We show people how to do that. We just believe CoinOS is a very, very good starting point and a good middleman for merchant transactions. We also offer offer sweeping. Um, Ivan also mentioned something in the chat earlier about the liquid to lightning sweeping. Uh, we offer sweeping for certain merchants if they want. For those who don't know what sweeping, I assume most people do know what that is, but for those who don't know what it is, sweeping is where we automatically will move your Bitcoin from your wallet into your bank account if you want, if you want to do that. Uh, like well, you convert it into dollars. 
if if they want yes it's a case-by-case basis i'm proud to say that me and adam are both proud to say that most merchants that are using us are not doing that and most of them are hodling and some of them yep yeah what about auto sweep to like bitcoin address right like so the way i look at it and i want to dive into your fee structure but the way i look at it is uh like you're getting the benefit of simplicity and the trade-off is custodial risk, right? So then it's like, how do you mitigate custodial risk and auto withdrawals to self-custody after like a certain threshold or something? It's like, oh, I get it. Once I hit like a thousand dollars in payments, then it's just announced in our telegram like yesterday that that's a feature I'm working on. It's like top of my priority list to do auto withdrawals to your own either lightning address or Bitcoin address. And I'm, um, I've added like uh, a private key backup. So if you go into your CoinOS settings now, there's like a seed phrase you can back up. Right now it's just being used to generate a Noster key. So uh, every CoinOS account comes with a Noster key pair now, uh, but that same you know master seed phrase is also gonna be used for uh, self-custodial Bitcoin addresses. So exactly that, when you hit $1,000, oh. whatever your threshold is, we'll know your pub key so we can generate addresses uh, from your pub key and then automatically sweep them out to your own wallet. And then you'll have the seed phrase for that and we won't store that on the server. That's generated client oh, yes, side. And it'll be uh, just, just your own keys for that. That's clean. I was I was gonna say uh, my one of my questions was gonna be what is your Nostra strategy? I uh, I I like the because we're basically dispatch is basically a half Nostra show now. It's not just Bitcoin anymore. Um, I like the idea of I wasn't even thinking of you actually generating generating a self custody wallet for them, but that makes complete sense. You could easily do that in browser, and then it'd be way simpler for the end user. I mean, at the end of the day, it seems like you're selling simplicity. Uh, yeah, I mean, these merchants don't want friction, right? Exactly. Yeah, that'll be the default if they don't provide their own. But we'll give you the option to also provide your own external addresses or pub key or whatever. So, I mean, fees. Uh, we started the conversation talking about on-chain fees being ridiculously high, um, and then uh, and and so so part of of that of that situation is most people don't realize is if you're opening a Lightning channel. Uh, Lightning Channel requires two on-chain fees. It's time of open and time of close, unless the Lightning Channel never closes. Um, and as a result, the self-custody options, even if you forget about the Lightning routing fees, which can be high in some of these situations, um, the on-chain fees make it c- can make it very cost prohibitive for these self-custody solutions. Unfortunately, like that is the reality, um, particularly in small amounts. Um, so. An easy fix for that and an easy mitigation for that is custodial. And obviously then it comes with trust and, and you can get rugged. Um, so I'm curious, like, what is, like, what is your fee structure? Like, how do you guys make money? We don't charge any fees and we're not really making money right now. We're just trying to <laughs> <laughs> spread Bitcoin adoption because we hold Bitcoin. What an answer. Um, there is a 0.1% fee if you're converting between Lightning and on-chain, and that's to cover our costs to rebalance our node. But basically, yeah, we're just trying to build this as an open source platform. It's free. Anyone could run their own CoinOS instance. 
and we're trying to make it easy for people to, you know, if you want to be a custodian, to be able to run this thing so that it's not just us doing it, but maybe there's people in other freer jurisdictions with less regulations that might be able to also uh, run CoinOS as a custodial service for their country or their town oh. or their community or their family, whatever scale makes sense. But I think like you're saying that, you know, custodial option is great because you can have unlimited transactions. They can be free because there's almost no overhead to do a custodial transaction in a database. So as long as the custodian is trustworthy and isn't going to rug people, then that's a great way to scale Bitcoin up if you have trustworthy custodians. So we're trying to build this as a platform that you know, people can use to do that themselves. It's not quite ready yet because I haven't documented it or oh, made it easy was, enough yeah. to like spin up your own instance, but that's part of the goal. That was my next question. I mean, I remember that was a key aspect of the original CoinOS is that you could self-host it. I mean, I, I love the concept of like me in Nashville onboarding 20 merchants with my own self-hosted CoinOS instance and like they know whose knees they could break if something happens. Um, and then like it's, it kind of scales in that way. But if, if you have like, like the hard question is like, if you have like a very large custodian, like all of a sudden there there's, you become a regulatory target. Like it's not even just uh, a regulatory target and a hacker, a hacking target. Yeah. You're a massive target by everybody. Yeah. All the people want to kill you. Uh, that's why I don't want to be, the, I don't want to shoulder the responsibility. I'm happy with <laughs> the scale it's at now with a few hundred merchants. And now I want to see more people kind <laughs> of share that burden. So what's, what's the plan with that? Is that, are you going to fully faucet? You're going to make it easy for people to run their own instance? Like, cause I don't see any GitHub links or anything. Like, is there a repo? Yeah, it's github.com slash coinos. Uh, well, github.com slash coinos. That's our organization. And then there's a couple of repos under there. Um, I need to do a better job, I guess, of linking to them from the homepage. But yeah, it's already well, open. Uh, on, on the bottom, on the bottom of the homepage, it says documentation. That's where all our GitHub is and, and API and stuff like that. And yeah, Matt, I'll set you up your own CoinOS for Nashville if you want to give it a whirl. You know, we'll put it on a well, VPS I'm, somewhere, I'm, and we could we could take that conversation offline. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that would be all. I mean, the reason I, I was thinking about I didn't see the Git link in, uh, I found it by, that's a very easy domain, github.com slash coinOS. Um, but I didn't see it in documentation for what it's worth, but maybe I'm just an idiot and I'm live on air. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because if it is false, uh, it could be a good target for OpenSats funding. Like if you go to opensats.org slash apply, um, but all applicants need to be false. So I don't know what your license is, um, but consider applying, considering you guys, oh yeah, GPL, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why OpenSats exists. Cool, yeah. I'll, but it's, it's cool. I, lo I, I love how, I mean, I, you know, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, not a perfect world, in a world without government, um, which would be closer to a perfect world. Uh, there, 
we would have like all these competing custodians and they'd all be competing on, on, on like reliability, uh, up, yeah, uptime reliability fees. And there'd be like this beautiful free market and people would move between custodians and there'd be no friction with KYC and stuff. And I mean, I think I kind of just know your answer. Like, are you like, do you have a, do you have any concern that I can just go to coinos.io and, or coinos. Yeah. Coinos.io and just immediately open an account and I have no, no identification information or anything that I have to give you guys. Yeah. Doesn't concern me. <laughs> not even email not even email you don't yeah you don't even need to go through the hassle of making a fake email you don't even have to make a username and a password i when i click create account it just creates a randomly generated username and password for me is i'm assuming that's client side that's a new feature yeah actually we do uh, fantastic we do send the password to the server um but it's encrypted on the server but uh yeah Intercept it. Okay, fair enough. Well, maybe put a little disclaimer there or something. Yeah. Well, I'm going to move to like uh, pub key, private key authentication, like login with Nostra or LNURL makes more sense, I think. So just have to get around to that. Yeah, Nostra would be nice. Uh, one identity. I already have it. That's what this zap this zap stream that we're using for the client like it can generate an mpub for you if you don't have one like an n second mpub or if you have your own Nostra key you can just come here and and just set it up or you know just log in uh, it's it's pretty cool yeah that's coming soon that's on my priority list too like letting people log in with their Albi wallet and things like that <clears throat> or being able to import your own Nostra keys. Yeah, but I'll just say, guys, like when you go to coinos.io and just, just like start, you press start in seconds, and you literally, you're just you start in like in seconds. It's just like you're good to go. You got you got your nice Bitcoin wallet, and it just fucking works. Yep. Yeah, you can create an account in in under twenty seconds if you're good with a phone. You can create an account in fifteen seconds, like. Well, less than that if you use the pre-generated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, True, just, actually. yeah. I, I have a random account, Yak43. And I just made a password for me. That's new. I just uh, put that in last, like, in the last week. So <laughs> I was Whoa, so look. confused. I was so confused because it was just like pre-generated. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Is this <laughs> someone else's account? I just pressed sign, and I was like, oh, "I see what these guys are doing here. That's interesting." Shaves a couple of people. Buff. Yeah. Okay. This is a really are talking about the dark mode. I, I appreciate Yeah, I this is an important it. question. Yeah. The, the dark mode. Yeah, you can have dark mode, but it doesn't really work properly. You have to adjust the settings in your Google Chrome browser. That's not a Coinos thing, but yeah, Adam, it, it's uh, on our list to add dark mode because that's what a lot of people like. Yeah. The, the people want dark mode, man. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm glad they asked that. that. I have learned you can't win uh, because I know a project that the people had a petition for light mode because they were dark mode only. So no matter what, you're going to have haters. You have to support both modes. Yeah, we'll get around to oh, that. That's hilarious. Uh, this is awesome, guys. This has been a great conversation. Um, have, like, What lessons have you learned from the merchant adoption process? Like, It's something that I've been... 
very keenly focused on for a while. And I've, I've been mostly a failure about it. I think, um, like I, 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 I know things take time, like good things take time, but I've, I've become a little bit disenfranchised with the idea of being able to spend my Bitcoin at local merchants. And I've been very outspoken about trying to get, we, let me put it this way. We have personally, I've personally failed in Nashville so far. Um, like what are the, do you have any tips? Do you have any thoughts? Like where, how do we make this thing happen quicker? Because yeah, yeah, what, what uh, you do I don't is want you, to sell my Bitcoin. I want to spend it. <laughs> yeah. What you do is you fly me down there and we onboard 30 <laughs> merchants in a week. And then the next week we do 50. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. The, the, one of the biggest things I've, I've learned is just what is the trigger that a business owner wants to hear? Like what is the number one thing most business owners yeah. want is more sales. What can they do to get more sales? So I immediately start with that. I say that we, we, guarantee you that you will get more sales. And I underline and bold that in my emails when I'm following up and stuff. So we tell them that, and then we just tell them that there's a lot of people that will come here to spend their Bitcoin. That's So you're relying on the meetups to actually drive people to locations. Yeah, the community is key. You got to have yeah. a community. It can't just be one Bitcoiner who wants to go and convince merchants to try it you got to have people that are coming with you other people that are going to that same merchant with bitcoin or you you have to be able to show them that yeah you're going to get uh, a bunch of people coming in to use it otherwise it's not worth their time to even go through the mental you know gymnastics of what is this thing and what are the pros and cons, even though it's almost all pros, and it's like there's very little friction to giving it a try just for them to get to the point where they'll even entertain the idea. They need more than that. Like even telling them that it's no fees and you're going to save on credit card transaction fees, it's not enough for them unless they think there's going to be some significant volume to have to train their staff on this other payment method, have to get in a another device potentially have to worry about the accounting aspect of it. It's kind of like a, a big lift for them, even though it it's not really, but it for them, they don't know that, right? So you kind of just need to keep it simple, um, do as much hand-holding as you can. Like here's your account login, here's your QR code, here's your window sticker. We're gonna put you on the map, like show them the map of other merchants. And that helps too when they see that, you know, you're not the only place in town, but there's like 30 businesses, maybe some of your competitors are using it. Um, it helps to get that uh, snowball effect of the more there are, then the more um, other people are going to want to jump on board and not be left out. So, I don't know. Yeah, starting with the community and, and meetups and just having some Bitcoiners that are willing to go and support uh, the first couple merchants, that's crucial to getting started, I think. Yeah, I might have to like rally the troops, so to speak. I uh, So like in Nashville, we have one of probably one of the largest monthly meetups <coughs> in the United States. Um, at least that's not run by Parker Lewis because uh, he runs both the Austin bit devs and uh houston um but uh like we get like 150 to 200 people every month and like one of the big things we do is we bring a local merchant 
and we a local food merchant, right? Like burgers or barbecue or something like that. We onboard them to Bitcoin. They set up like a little tent or they pull up a food truck. Um, and they, 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 they're at the park. They're right outside. They're selling food. And they always accept credit card, cash, and Bitcoin. And we get like, uh, it's like on average, it'll be like 15 to 20% of people will pay with Bitcoin. And then if I like shame them in like the announcements, like I might get 40% max. Um, but there's just this heavy, and of that 40%, maybe like half of them are paying directly from strike from dollars. Uh, they're not like actually spending Bitcoin. So uh, to me, it's just, it's been this slog, but maybe that doesn't matter. Like maybe if I can just get like, what if I said 10%. So like if I could get like 20 rider dies that want to spend their Bitcoin and we just like roll into a coffee shop and just pour Bitcoin on them. Like maybe that's enough. Like maybe you don't actually need more than like 20 dedicated people to make a merchant happy. Yeah. The other thing too, uh, cold calling, like going into a merchant and just saying, Hey, will you give this a try is really tough, right? Cause if they're not a Bitcoiner already, they're, they're going to be kind of hesitant about it. So it's way better to get the word out to the community and say, Hey, we're looking to get some merchants. Sorry. And uh, let it be known that we want to get some merchants taking Bitcoin. Uh, reach out to your friends. If anyone knows any business owners, can you get us an introduction with them? Because if you get a, a like a warm referral to a business owner and you're coming in from someone that they're friends with and they their friend has said, hey, bring this guy Matt in, he's going to set you up with Bitcoin they're way more likely to go for it than just walking in off the street and saying, Hey, we're a bunch of Bitcoiners and we want to spend money here. Um, that, that can work too. If, if there's a big group and it's obvious, or, or if you're doing regular meetups at the same spot and they see you coming in every week or every month and there's a bunch of you, then yeah, they're going to be more receptive to it. But yeah, finding people that, you know, right. Getting friends of friends, friends of family, um, just tell them, hey, we want to get some places accepting Bitcoin. Who do you know that will let us give it a try and then go from there? Yeah, we also, yeah, we have a bounty program, coinos.io slash bounties, which is more directed around the, the Vancouver area. We'll give you a million sats if you direct us and refer us to a business that is interested. And accepting Bitcoin I, payments. Dude, I love this because um, so if you go to Coin O by the way, you guys pronounce it CoinOS. It's CoinOS, right? Is it Coin Operator? <laughs> CoinOS, yeah. We get asked that all the time. It's CoinOS. Yeah, but say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, CoinOS. If you go to coinos.io slash bounties, this is pretty cool because I've talked about this in the past. Like it's like Okay, so you have it broken up into categories like grocery. We need a grocery store to accept Bitcoin. We need a bakery to accept Bitcoin. We need a, a laundromat to accept Bitcoin. And this is so true. Like to, I only for the short term, in the short to medium term, I just need one hardware store in Nashville to accept Bitcoin. I just need one grocery store. to accept, I'll just go to that store. Like that'll be my hardware store. Um the second to five, you know, second to 10 hardware stores or whatever matter less to me than the first one. Yeah. Because I just need every category uh, to accept Bitcoin and, and then I'll be happy. So I actually like this bounties idea. This might, 
we might uh i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna copy this for bitcoin park and just put just straight up be like i will pay you a million sats if you onboard me a grocery store you onboard me a hardware store or something i like that idea awesome i'd love to hear that it's That's not awesome. weird weird robot in the chat is saying cold calling is what Oshi was doing and i don't think it was a very scalable strategy uh in in the for the most part yeah but i did do a bunch of cold calling and we did onboard multiple merchants actually from cold calling so it does work just careful kind of who you who you are calling who you're talking to but it does work yeah. at least a little bit i mean I think the problem is, is that the merchants fall off. It's a problem that a lot of us have witnessed. And I think that's where like Leo's meetup thing, like at least while we're trying to fake it till we make it, like the meetup thing is like, okay, like uh, one of the most bullish fundamentals of Bitcoin to me is while COVID lockdowns were happening and governments were trying to stop us from meeting, uh, Bitcoin, grassroots Bitcoin meetups all around the world blossom. Like so many, the meetups grew, even though people in general, outside of Bitcoin, weren't meeting as much. And uh, it's an asset that we just, you know, that local communities should really be leveraging. Like that is that that is a incredibly valuable asset that that different local communities have this idea of you got everyone meeting once a month and, and collaborating and, and working together and socializing. And so we need to mobilize them, essentially, and instead of mobilizing them to like picket lines or annoying people to sign petitions or something like that. You just mobilize them to go to the local coffee shop that accepts Bitcoin. You know, if every person in the meetup buys one coffee a month at this place, they won't get old. You know, they, they, they won't get sick of it. They won't think it's just a fucking gimmick. They'll actually, they'll actually have business. Yeah. We actually host a weekly Bitcoin and coffee. We go between two different coffee shops here every Monday morning. And it's just like a casual Bitcoin hangout. And yeah, they both, Except Bitcoin, so people are buying coffees and bagels and muffins and whatever, and um, it's yeah, it's good. So, I'm curious while I have you, um, and we're like wrapping up here. We're, we're close to the end of our time. Um, you know, I as a Bitcoiner, like I grew up as like self custody only. Like, don't recommend custodial options to anyone. Um, Self-custody Bitcoin is easy enough. People should be using self-custody Bitcoin. We've learned so many lessons about people getting rugged. Um, Lightning kind of flipped it on its head because Lightning self-custody is, is, has got technical difficulties. There's trade-offs that are made, that Lightning needs to be interactive, that we have liquidity constraints, um, that you need to be online, um, that, that, that make self-custody Lightning, particularly on mobile, much more difficult. And as a result, we've seen this growth in, there's almost like a default growth in custodial Lightning wallets that you don't really see in the on-chain Bitcoin world. In the on-chain Bitcoin world, for the most part, it's dominated by self-custody wallets at this point. Um, and there's really great tools out there. They don't have really horrible trade-offs. Um, but with, with Lightning, we've seen custodial Lightning. And specifically, we've seen Wallet of Satoshi. And I've been like one of the few people that, quote unquote, I'm sounding the alarm, you know, you can get rugged at will, governments can pressure them into adding KYC, all this other stuff. Um, they could get hacked. Uh, what they could censor people at will, they have your all your private information, like what, what is your view on all like, so having this conversation with you guys, I, I'm partially wondering, 
I'm like partially questioning my own perspective. Like, are they just, you know, and while the Stoshi won't come on the podcast, they don't do any podcasts or anything. So I can't have the conversation with them. Like, are, are they just, is, is there a perspective that they're like based Bitcoiners that are just running a service without doing KYC and they're just, um, they're just fighting the good fight or like, like am I, how do you view, well, like, how do you view that growing custodial risk? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I think uh, I've had one interaction with the wallet of Satoshi guys and it was positive. I think they are based Bitcoiners is my sense, but I don't know for sure. I've never met them really in person or anything, but uh, yeah, I don't know the, many people that have. Yeah. The bigger they become, like we said earlier, the more of a target they are for the regulators and for just a fuck up, like they accidentally mess up and lose all the money or something. So spreading it out amongst multiple custodians. If custodians are good actors, then no problem, right? But yeah, history has shown there's enough bad actors and rug pulls that uh, you definitely don't want to put a lot of money into a custodian and be very careful about who you're dealing with and prefer self-custody if at all possible. But yeah, um, I agree, like on-chain, uh self-custody is the way to go if you're doing anything more than a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars whatever your personal risk tolerance is and then you have a lightning wallet that you top up periodically maybe with a couple hundred bucks for your spending money for the month or something that may be the way we go for now until lightning self-custody and other scaling solutions develop that allow you to do retail micro transactions totally um you know trustlessly but using this as a, a transition or a stopgap measure in the meantime uh it might be the way we go for the next few years until those develop more but yeah yeah my concern is with custodians yeah i think i think that was well said i mean my concern is specifically like because while satoshi has become so successful that there's such a massive custodian and as they grow it becomes more like 10 wallet of Satoshis are less of a concern than one wallet of Satoshi. Um, and this like small balance thing, I just feel like is mostly a cop out. Cause like people say small balance and then you find out how big the balances are when, <laughs> when the rug happens. Right. And they, yeah. they usually tend to be larger and in the developing world where a lot of people are getting onboarded to wallet of Satoshi because they, they don't want to pay on chain fees, which is understandable. Um, like maybe like a hundred dollars or a million sats could be their life savings. Like that's a substantial amount of money for them. Um, and it's like, if a rug happens, it's going to be fucking depressing. Like it's going to suck to see like the entire developing world that got onboarded via wallet to Satoshi all getting rugged at the same time. So I would say to, to the guys running wallet to Satoshi, uh, I, I don't hate you. Um, but if you are if you are running this custodian, your 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 plan in your head should be to try and reduce the amount of users you have slowly because there's no way you can't unwind a custodian. Custodians can't be unwound easily, especially if they have small amounts. It's fucking clusterfuck. Um, so you know maybe open source your app, maybe encourage other people to self-host instances, maybe slowly increase your fees to to encourage people to move to other wallets. But you should have like a strategy in place to like try and reduce the 
Bitcoin liability you have because the, the larger you grow, the more shit can happen and you're pretty big already. That's like my view. If they're listening. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Um, guys, this has been great. Um, I'm going to quickly read uh, the top four boosts on podcasting 2.0 and then we're going to end with final thoughts from each of you. Um, Scylla Dispatch is 100% audience funded. We do not have sponsors or ads. Um, we're supported by our viewers using Bitcoin. Uh, those viewers are either supporting us through CyrilDispatch.com slash stream on the live chat, um, through podcasting 2.0 apps such as Fountain or Breeze, or by going to CyrilDispatch.com slash donate and donating with Bitcoin there. Um, so our top four boosts from podcasting 2.0 is Coco 101 with 20,000 sats, Dope Rip as always, love hearing from Evan and excited for him to destroy the Lightning work, Lightning Network. We have at 8 Myth Randir with 14,441 sats. Lightning is a work in progress. Good to see Evan building the tools. We have at Boz with 10,000 sats saying, really cool, Evan. Did I hear that right? LNURL to my own node. Got to try that out soon. And we have at Dash with 7,777 sats. Caps Odell is back in all caps. Cabs Odell is just getting started. This is going to be a crazy cycle, freaks. Um, I would just say, like, huge shout out to the, the freaks who support us through Podcasting 2.0 because specifically when you support that way, it's great to see Dispatch high on the charts. Um, it really goes a long way, and, and it helps helps people find the show. And I know it's the end of a bear market, maybe the beginning of a recession. If sats are too hard to come by and you don't want to part with your sats, uh, you can support the show by sharing it with friends and family. We're on all platforms, every podcasting app, um, leaving a review, all that stuff helps. Um, so with all that said, Adam, do you want to wrap us up with some final thoughts? Uh, yeah, just thanks for having us. And I hope uh, people give CoinOS a try. Like it does literally just take seconds to to sign up and then um, get out there and, and talk to those business owners, you know, ask ask your friends and family if they know anyone who has a business that might be willing to try Bitcoin and uh, shout out to btcmap.org. Um, they're listing all the businesses in the world that take Bitcoin. So let's fill it up and keep it going. Thanks guys. Thanks Adam. Cole, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, Matt. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on your show. Really, really enjoyed it. I love seeing the live chat. A lot of people are saying a lot of really good comments. Anyone that wants to reach out to us, just our website, coinos.io, scroll to the bottom. That's where our link tree is. Our link tree button has all of our social media links, including Telegram, Twitter, Nostra, Instagram. Please reach out to us if you ever just want to chat, you have questions. We're all, me and Adam are active in the Telegram chat, always willing to help people out with learning how to onboard merchants or just anything in general. Um, and I appreciate every single one of you on the chat here. Uh, T, I want to give a shout out to T Gem. He's in the Nostra chat, T E E J E M. He's a prominent member in the Vancouver Bitcoin community. He's one of the most consistent buyers of Coinos merchants of Coinhouse Merchants in Vancouver. So he deserves a shout out because he puts a lot of effort in being a customer at Coinhouse Merchants. So That's awesome. I can see like early early days, like a, a one or two people in the city can really push the tide. So that's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, I want to thank you both for joining. Um, I want to thank all the freaks who joined us specifically in the live chat, but also everyone. 
who continues to listen and support the show. I'm glad you guys find it valuable. That's why I do it. Um, I would just say to Cole, first of all, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but there's a Linktree alternative on Nostr called Nostri. Um, consider checking it out. And also a personal request to, to you guys. Uh, I've noticed your Nostr account is a little bit dormant. Um, consider consider maybe giving it a little love. Uh, we, we'd, love we'd love to have you guys more active in Nostr. Yeah, <clears throat> get on that. <laughs> and apply to OpenSats, opensats.org slash apply. Your project is a perfect fit for something that we would support. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And until next time, Thanks. stay humble, stack sats. Later, freaks.